Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest installment of 10 Minutes on Brand. I'm Will Strawn, partner here at Focus Lab. This week, I had the pleasure of being joined by Bill Kinney, CEO and co-founder of Focus Lab, to discuss brand horror stories. Tis the season, and as we're getting close to Halloween, we thought we'd be able to talk about the spooky sides of branding. And with that, let's go ahead and jump into our conversation. All right, Bill, welcome to another 10 Minutes on Brand. This is our first holiday special, if you will, um, in our anticipation for Halloween. Um, so I'm excited to talk to you about potential horror stories of branding or rebrands. Uh, but thanks for taking some time to meet with me today. Of course. It's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> All right, man. Well, uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is brands leaking. Um, and I know to you and I, there's a bunch of ways that clients or people going through rebrands can leak. They can leak it publicly. They can accidentally leak it to their like team, which sometimes rebrand teams can be like a team of five or a team of like 500. Um, but would love to get your thoughts on, are there any memorable, oh crap moments where you remember a brand maybe accidentally leaking for someone that maybe had recently gone through a rebrand? Anybody come to mind? So more often it is leaked internally. I don't think, again, to come back to the point, I don't think it's often that companies go through a giant rebrand and then that leaks out to the public and they're like, oh my God, I got to pull that back. But in a true example, Slack, basically, mm -hmm. and how all of a sudden their new logo shows up in a newspaper ad and people go, what's that? Yeah. I haven't even heard I about that. That's definitely one of the most memorable ones for me in the last, uh, I don't know, three, four years or so. You know, obviously we don't know all the details, but you assume they had done some media buy, um, for this like print article, but maybe they delayed the rollout internally and maybe this one kind of flew under the radar. So, you know, that, that media ad went out with their new logo, their new visual identity. And then it almost seemed at that point they just started updating stuff onesie twosie. It was like, update the app icon, <laughs> update the website. Oh, update our Twitter account. <laughs> it just felt like they were playing catch up. That's a little bit heartbreaking to you and I because we know the power of a really great rollout. And for a brand that has that many kind of loyal users and customers, that's just a not ideal scenario. And you get what happened, right? When you think about the social media response, it was not very positive, um, with that rollout, which is always another hurdle you have to kind of bear when doing any sort of change. So that that's definitely the most notable for me. Um, yeah, it's, but, just to be clear, like wh why wouldn't you want it to leak, right? I think to, to answer if people are curious, like, well, so what? It's just a logo. It's like, well, it's, it's not about a logo leaking. It's really about trying to make sure you capture a moment in time uh, of your company's rebrand and you want to build a story you want to build your narrative around why you did that, mm -hmm. why it matters, all these changes that you've made. And to have that narrative slip with, through any type of leak of sharing it early, missing the story that you want to tell, that's where it starts to become detrimental. Again, is it going to like kill the outcome? No. Like Slack is obviously still fine, but you do miss a moment in time that is valuable, which is why, again, you want to try to like Make sure you cross all your T's and dot all your I's. Make sure you're sharing with the right people and yeah. you don't buy media uh, ahead of time and have it slip out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the classic. If you don't tell the narrative, people are going to just make up their own story about you. And brand is more than a logo. Like you mentioned, 
it with Slack, they missed the opportunity of being able to tell the narrative of what this new brand was. Instead, they were playing catch up. So yeah. kind of people, unfortunately, on social media kind of wrote their own story and then piled on. Uh, it was a little yeah. hard to catch up after that. Now let's kind of think about this as a little bit differently. And this, you know, we're back into the horror stories, uh, spooky season. Here we go. Um, let's talk about brands that maybe put a brand out there into the wild. Um, and then it receives such negative feedback that they instantly reverted. Um, one example that comes to mind for me was Gap. They had done a rebrand and then I think it was about one week, maybe two weeks. They flipped back. Um, why do you think a company, because rebrands are not cheap. Um, they are expensive endeavors. Um, what do you think that threshold would be for a company to want to switch back? Like there's always going to change is uncomfortable, but how do you know you've passed the threshold that you need to go back? Or maybe we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can speculate all day about, you know, even the Slack situation and if that was detrimental or not in, in this gap one. But I do believe that if they had felt confident enough in the decisions they made, the purpose and vision behind it and where it was going to take them, they probably wouldn't have caved to that heat. Mm-hmm. But now that again, now let's get to the speculation. If that was a very surface level driven kind of solution for them. We just want to look more modern new ways. We don't want to look like the old gap. We want to look like something different, but there wasn't really like a true purpose mm-hmm. and a, and a story and a narrative, a vision there that it's easy to throw it away and say like, Oh shit, nobody likes it. We're just going to like kick it back to the other thing. Cause again, cause yeah. it, it shows you're not even bought into it at mm-hmm. that point. So, so I suspect that's what was at play. Very surface level. Hey, maybe we can just make a new thing. It'll make us look like we're moving forward, but no real meat behind it. So therefore, you can just throw it out when you have some pushback. Alternatively, when you're Airbnb, and I don't know if we're going to go there, but I'll go there now, which is like if you're Airbnb and you get that level of pushback with your new brand when you roll it out, but you Mm -hmm. are completely in line with your story and your purpose and your vision and your mission, and that is, is there, you're not pulling it back. You're saying, no, that's where we're going. We don't need everybody to like it. It's not important. They got hammered. Once I want a horror story, like they got <laughs> demolished. More than Gap, right? Gap, Gap almost got more like laughed at. Like, oh, that's right. dumb. It's so stupid. Airbnb really got pushed from every direction. Hey, we've seen that before. That's been stolen. It looks like everything sexual under the sun. They were able yeah. to still work their way through that because they knew it was actually what they what they meant to achieve and it was the outcome that mm-hmm. they wanted. So I think there's two differences. Yeah, no, I, I that was actually what I was going to follow up with, which what was a brand that met controversy that did stay the course in Airbnb. That is up there with Slack when they rolled that brand out, which now I guess we're, I don't even know, five, six years later, a lot of mm-hmm. people look to Airbnb as like a leading example of like what good branding is inside and out. And yep. I think that is the true difference is they believed in everything that they made. The, all the intentional decisions that went into it, they felt like it was a strong reflection of them, but also a strong reflection of where they aspired to go. Um, yes. And they just, they stood strong and they didn't react or respond to the negative, you know, uh, design Twitter or any of that stuff. They just 
stayed the course. You know, their mission was not to make a bunch of designers happy. It was to drive their, their ultimately their brand's mission and vision yeah. forward. So we've got about one minute ish left. Um, oh my God. I know 10 minutes on so brand fast. goes by fast. Um, you know, with us, we hear a lot of this looks like that. I've seen that before. Um, in the world of design, it's really tough to come up with a truly original idea. How loud should those voices be for clients that are going through rebrands? You know, is there a certain threshold of how close something should or shouldn't look? Or, you know, what's your thoughts on that? Because I know that's probably a, uh, a pain point that some people feel when going through rebrands. Honestly, that's probably like one of the hardest parts of the of the branding game. You hate to distill it down to a logo, but in this example of making logos or even visual identities at a broader scale, um, color systems type and um, visual mm -hmm. identity, uh, trying to make it look simple, unique, is really hard. Yeah. Right? Like every day that goes by, there's hundreds of thousands of people making things, like literally on the daily. Yeah. And whether it's actual real work, whether it's spec work, whether it's just people doing things for fun, things, so much is being created now. Mm -hmm. And everyone understands the value of making things simple mm -hmm. that you do start to run the risk of like, it's nearly impossible to make something that is not at least similar to something else. I right. guess what I would say though, to answer the question is, is that important? It's important to be unique and stand out and be differentiated, but like to what degree? There's nuance there though. Like it's, you can't just say like, well, if it's this close, it's too close. If it's this far, it's this far. You have to think about what market are they in? Do those two companies compete? You know, mm -hmm. it, is the rest of the system similar? Is the rest of the system not similar? It starts to become really gray in there. <laughs> I don't even know how I would put a finishing note on it because it's like, it's not yeah. always that clear other than just know that it's going to happen. Probably. Maybe that's the takeaway. Yeah, no, like I mean, that is a reality. Yeah, that's probably the best way to think about it. With brands trying to be as simple as possible, there's only so many simple shapes, right? Mm -hmm. If we think of logos. But, you know, uh, the world of branding is is very wide. There's a lot of brands that have a lot of crossover. Even with like names, right? There's um, Delta Faucets and Delta Airplanes. There's Dove yep. Soap and Dove Chocolate. Brands can have similarities, um, but as long as they kind of operate and build something unique to their audiences, I think everything is going to be okay. So really yeah. it's kind of, you should build well a brand said. that, you know, addresses your strategic objectives um, and then, you know, build something that feels good. But uh, yeah, similarities are just going to happen because there are Gotta thousands happen. upon thousands yeah. of new brands being created every single day. And there's brands that, you know, people don't even know about that exist out there in all types of different industries. So create something strategic that you feel best represents you. So yeah, another example that I just thought of, I think it's worth sharing though, which is like, yeah, yeah. Heineken beer, Red Star, mm -hmm. Macy's, Red Star, Converse sneakers, Red Star, right? Like they all lean into the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. But to your point, you can be a much different company with one single right. element being nearly identical in that example. It's not, yeah. a, it's not the end all. You certainly want to do the best you can to try to differentiate, but that's not the, oh my God, we will fail if. Right. I mean, that's just red stars. Imagine how many other brands have stars in their identity. Correct. Yeah. You know, so you've just got to find your spot 
in, in an area that you feel good about. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, Bill, I appreciate your time on Tim and Son Brand. Um, hopefully you get some good candy this season and uh, wish you all the best, man. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> all right, take care. <laughs>